Yo, welcome to Voice Acting Up, a podcast where I interview working voice actors who are working their way up. I'm Sean Rohani, and today is part two with Corey Yee. The fun continues as we talk about Corey's probably record-breaking number of agency meetings, diversity in voice acting, dreaming your Spider-Man, and well, if that doesn't entice you to listen, then I just don't know what will. Okay, so like... When you started taking band classes, that's when you realize, okay, I just need to learn. I shouldn't rush to try to get an agent. Um, yeah. Well, when... I was enjoying them so much too. It wasn't even like, you know, I was I wasn't upset by that. <laughs> it's like yeah. I get to I get to play and watch these people do amazing and learn from the greats. So that's fine. I can do that for a while. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I can um, do that forever. I'm still gonna do that more if I can. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then one, you know, a few years from now, people will like, you'll hear rumbles like, oh my God, Corey Yee's in this case? Corey Yee? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, but so when did you, like, how long did it take until you felt truly ready to start looking for an agent and taking those steps? Well, I mean, to be honest, it was, it was very lucky because, you know, I had taken that entire year to train and at the tail end of it around the um i think it was september or october um there was a one with colette sunderman who as you know is one of the top casting and voice directors in the world yeah, yeah and she was amazing she was phenomenal but also was like hey like you should contact me at some point when you have like a, a demo and i didn't even have a demo anymore because my old demo was from 2015 and not amazing by mm -hmm. today's standards, in my opinion. So I was like, well, yeah, okay. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I, I got that together. Nicole Ghost uh, had helped me get it all done very quickly and well um, in, in such a short amount of time. And we were working on it and workshopping it and, and finally got it, sent it. And Stephanie uh, Sutherland at Van and Ben Pronsky and Brittany Cox, they all helped kind of facilitate getting that communication together nice so every these are all people who helped me do things and that was i just can't not acknowledge them yeah uh, because after that Claire was like cool this is great let me send it to people i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> and the by the next week i had uh six meetings with agents wow uh wow. <laughs> absolutely insane and i was losing my mind uh this was yeah tw end of 2019 and so I was just freaking out. And so by the end of it, I ended up, you know, signing with CESD and uh, I love them. They're great. And, mm -hmm. you know, but it, it was such a crazy experience because I still wasn't like, oh, I'm definitely ready. But I was like, I'm I'm ready to to try. Yeah. You know, it was it, it was different, very drastically different from the beginning of the year from a mindset <laughs> perspective and an experience perspective. So, yeah, man. Well, before I ask you the follow-up question, let me just pick up the mic that you dropped with that six <laughs> meetings. All right, here you go. <laughs> um, so, well, um, this demo that you're talking about, that's the one that's on your website, right? It is, yeah. Okay, yeah, I heard the, the interactive demo. Like, it is, it's unreal. It's uh, it's really good. And, like, Thank really, you, really well acted and produced. Like, yeah, you Nicole know. did all of the mixing, and we kind of did the writing together. Some of it's improv. Some, we... Literally, one of the days was for that, like, there's like a, a Japanese, like, sensei one who's like pissed at his student. 
And mm-hmm. like we, I have actual like swords at my house, but we were using like, <laughs> like brooms and stuff. And we were literally dueling in my backyard, trying to come up with some additional dialogue. And that's how we came <laughs> up with some. So Nicole really did so much work for me there. And, and I'm forever grateful for that. That was such a cool experience to just really dive into it for just this, because we could, you know, mm-hmm. you can't always do that as a session, but it's like, okay, we can now. So why not? Yeah. Um, so it was crazy. <laughs> that's, <awesome. laughs> that's so cool. Um, so, you know, cause that's a really rare position to be in to have six meetings set up mm. from like having nothing yeah. for a while. So how, um, how are you able to sort of narrow it down to eventually going with CESD, which is obviously a great agency? Yeah. I mean, um, it was very difficult. I will just say that right now. It was <laughs> extremely difficult. And I, I don't have regrets, but like, you know, you always wonder like, well, what would that other thing be? What's the mm-hmm. alternate timeline, Corey? Because yeah. I, I think all the agencies are pretty phenomenal, but I'm I'm the most glad that I'm in the current one because I mean, like, I, I'm very well taken care of. And also, like, I think it was just at at the meeting, like, they they had this fascination with me. They're like, what are you? Because, like, I didn't even know what I was at that point. I'm just this, like, weird, like, long-haired Asian guy in his early 30s, but kind of, like, seems like he's in his 20s. And, like, like who, what are you? Like, what kind of anomaly are you? So it was just such a, a fascinating meeting. But, like, yeah, how did you, know, you answer like, that? Yeah. But, like, I, I still don't have an answer for that question. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, I, they, they, really, they really pushed for me, you know. And, and um, they had some great booth directors, which I'm not working with as much anymore because, obviously, we can't go in. And, and it's not always easy to get, get that over the phone. But right. that was, you know, a big aspect, like, having such a, such a cool company with you on that. And I was like, all right, cool. This, this is cool. I, I love, I love this place. So, yeah, yeah. that's, I mean, I think that's one of the most important things is to, when choosing an agency to go with an agency that makes you feel like they're really your fans. Mm -hmm. Um, and it sounds like that was the case with them. So so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, at the time, were you still non-union? Uh, no, I was, I was, uh, in the union actually. Oh, okay. Um, for something else entirely not voiceover related. <laughs> well, let's hear your SAG story. How did oh you end up God. joining? <laughs> so there's um, there's this uh, feature film that my friends produced. Uh, my my closest friend from that I went to film school with. His name is Tom Jacobson. He was uh, director the director on it, and it's a, a movie called Dude Bro Massacre. Three, I think I don't remember if that's the right number. I love, but it it's already. this, it's yeah. this like over the top horror movie um, with obvious tons of comedy as well. And it was made by the Five Second Films guys, um, if you know of them. Okay, and it's great. But there's this one scene where an Asian guy needs to he I I had to be a stand-in basically, and so huh. he's being hazed by. <laughs> by this college like fraternity whatever and so he's wearing a wedding dress and a veil so Mm -hmm. you can't see the face you can only see a little bit of his arms and his back a little bit Mm -hmm. so it's like okay well uh, we know an asian guy who can fit in Corey, can you do this i was like sure man whatever you need anything you got it 
And so I got my SAG card by wearing a wedding dress and a veil <laughs> for one day of shooting. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> did you get to Hartley keep the wedding that. dress? No, I, I oh. did not. No. Uh, uh, That's too bad. It was not bad. until death do us part on that. Oh, I uh, wanted you to be able to pass that dress on generation to generation. I, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's a special story, <laughs> but that's cool. So you were standing, but not necessarily like for somebody else that was like had a speaking role. Like no, it was. was... It, he oh, was. Okay. He was one of the stars. Um, oh, he he was. He's a famous dude too, and I don't remember his name now. I feel like a, a jerk, <laughs> but I'm sure someone can find it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it's it, it was such a it was only for a day, but they they tap heartly me, so I was eligible. I was like, okay, cool, I'm in. <laughs> okay, but like when you said, yeah, sure, I'll help, like. Did you have any idea at that time that you would be joining the union as a result or like, was that a conscious part of the reason that you helped or? Oh, no, I didn't even have any idea that that was going to be it. Like when I found out that I got eligibility, I was like, what project? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) who knows? Like it could have been something else, you know, Um, but that was the one. And I'm forever, forever grateful because it saved me a lot of headache in the future. (laughs) Well, did you feel because, you know, it's obviously it can be like a big investment and decision to join the union. Um, Did you feel and it's not like you intentionally joined at that moment, but did you have any hesitation of like, oh, I wish I could have like just honed my craft some more with non-union stuff or were you ready to hop into union work? I think that it would have been nice to hold off a little bit longer, but it is what it is. So you know, I, I, I can't do It's just money. It wasn't anything like crazy psychological about it. So it, it right. it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, you know, it is what yeah. it is. <laughs> I had a, yeah, like I was tapped hardly for something, but I kind of, kind of like you ended up being accidentally becoming a must join because I had a, a smaller agent at the time who sent me an audition. I submitted for it. It was it was a rare like in-person audition. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the fine print that that was for a union gig. And uh, then I ended up booking it. So I'm like, well, I, I wasn't sure if I was ready to join, but I'm like, well, I can't. I'm not going to, you know, yeah, you're not gonna say burn no. this bridge. And yeah, like when I'm, I got a call back, say no. So yeah, that, I kind of oh, accidentally man. joined, but I'm, I'm glad I did. I really yeah. am. Yeah. I mean, it, thankfully, I, I didn't have to wait too long to get my you know union gig going in after i got my agency so like that was quite a bit later from when i had joined the union but like i'm glad that there wasn't any headache that had to be dealt because that was such a dream role for me right yeah right cool so when you joined cesd and you were a union member at the time first of all you don't have to answer this if you don't want, because it's like, you know, not everybody's comfortable saying this, but like, how many auditions on average would you say you get a week through CESD alone? I mean, it varies. Like, I've definitely had slower periods and I've definitely had crazy busy periods. So mm-hmm. it's I think that it's a fairly competitive amount. Um, You know, I, I don't I don't always know what other people are getting. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I don't want to try to make draw some comparison. Right. But, you know, I, I do get a lot of opportunities. Um, lately, especially, I've been getting a ton of anime opportunities. Nice. And, like, that's that's pretty, you know, cool. Um, so, like, you know, I, I just got to announce one of the anime that I was in. So, like, that was... it's It's been so cool because I literally never thought that I was going to do anime at all. I was like, <laughs> I'm not cut out for this. I suck at dubbing. And uh, I had to learn quickly. 
<laughs> well, why did you feel you weren't ready? Just like just the whole like having to sort of read the scrolling text or the three beeps, whatever. Like, it, were I, you I that rhythmic challenge? No, I mean, like not completely. Like, I don't have the best rhythm, but I have some. Um, but like, it's just one of those things where, you know, especially when you just haven't done it very much. You know, I didn't do a ton of workshops on dubbing. I was mostly right. for video games and original animation, where you know you don't have to do anything to picture. It's so much more difficult when you're just thrown into it and you have to you have to bring it you have to act mm -hmm. while also hitting the timing yeah. and that was like i love i love the karaoke style um dubbing <laughs> because that means my eyes can do all of those sync work and my brain can just think about the acting <laughs> when i'm doing the the beeps i i kind of just you know for the first take i just kind of try to feel it out naturally and then adjust from there because I, 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 it's just like if I, I can't think about both of them at, at once all the time, super mm -hmm. easily. Like, and and it's something I'm still working on, you know. But like, I'm getting better. I'm 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 pretty decent at it now. But like early on, it's like, oh, that was too fast, wasn't it? Or that was too slow, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. um, they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thankfully, they're 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 really good at fixing it. There's I've worked with so many great engineers at a couple studios and. Like they're, they're phenomenal. So they yeah. save my butt every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're the true heroes. But, yeah. um, and uh, yeah, honestly, like the three beat sort of classic method is, is definitely more challenging than like a scrolling text. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're not alone in that at all, <laughs> but, but that's awesome. I, I, I've, um, I've done a good amount of live action dubbing. I don't know yeah. if um, you have, but like, a, and a I've enjoyed bit. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I hadn't up until recently, I'd never done anime. And I thought that it would just sort of be the same because, you know, in terms of the process, like it is the same. Mm -hmm. But but I had so much fun um, dubbing for anime. Like it's it's just the storylines and the, the like, you know, they're able to go. It's obviously like a, a broader place. Not always, but like compared to live action, live sure. action is very like precise and technical. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like... How did you feel on, on your very first anime session? Well, um, you know, it depends on the anime. You know, there's some stuff mm -hmm. that I um, have worked on that ha hasn't been released yet, but just in, in some senses is a little bit broader. And that was cool to have some of the freedom to go there because a lot of the, a lot of the stuff I auditioned for and book ends up being on the uh, more cinematic side. Right. Um, I think there's a seriousness to my personality that usually is that but i love to be broad when i yeah. can mm -hmm. um but then you know that the thing that just came out that i got to talk about was the uh, two-year eternity is so cinematic and it's just like you know when, when you listen to the japanese version he's he's not he's not big the other characters in the show can be pretty big mm -hmm. But he, my character's not so i have to keep that very flat and ground not flat but just you're very grounded right. Um, so it, it's kind of all over the place, you know, like depending on what the show is, um, because there was some other stuff, yeah, that I did this really big, but this is, it's, it's just dependent on the show, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, those really grounded cinematic ones are, are, they're, they're equally fun. I'd say in a different way. Yeah. Like, I, I really like different. doing it to be yeah. honest. I, I love I love being serious when asked to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. For the rest of the interview, don't laugh at all. Okay. That's that's your challenge. Okay. That's fine. All right. <laughs>
<laughs> Shit, I already blew it. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, you know, with um, I'm wonder, I wonder if this is your experience because obviously both of us like we have uh, different ethnic backgrounds that mm-hmm. sort of you know have played into our lives, but yeah. we were born and raised here. So um, do you? I'm sure you get auditions where it's it's specific to your your ethnic background, yeah, and lot. sometimes they'll ask for you know an accent. Sometimes you're American; they just want that background. Like, right. do you have a a preference, or how do you feel about getting the auditions for your background versus like, you know, versus just something that, that doesn't have anything to do with your background. Well, I mean, I have kind of mixed feelings about this and they may not be the most popular ones, but I'll go Mm -hmm. ahead and say it. I think that while it's important that we get opportunities, you know, that are culturally appropriate, that are appropriate to our ethnicities. I also don't, necessarily have the same chinese cultural background that others have i do have some Mm -hmm. like i my grandma used to you know yell at me in chinese all the time so it's not like i've never been around it right but at the same time like maybe i haven't i've never i've only been to mainland china like once so you know like it depends what they want And, and like if i if i can authentically portray something then then that's great but like, you know, if they if they need something that's a little bit deeper or, or like because I can't speak Mandarin or Cantonese because I grew up in a Cantonese household. Hmm. Um, but I, so I only know a few things in Cantonese and then the Mandarin stuff. I didn't really learn much at all. So, you know, obviously, if, if they need someone who can speak the language, then I'm going to be like, OK, no, I, I can't do that. <laughs> right. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag because I, I, I do think that it's important to. Obviously reassure actors that like you're still the best candidate for this role but we did want to prioritize the ethnic background because it is important to have that true representation there's a balance there between like you know our nature versus nurture right like our 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 real life experiences are what we bring to the table and if my real life experiences don't reflect that of something that rings true for a character but I happen to check the box of Asian, then philosophically, I don't know how to deal with that. I'm going to still go for it because I think I can do a great job. But, you know, obviously there's there's nuances in casting everywhere. So I won't try to tell anyone how to cast, but there's, it's, a, it's complicated. It's not, I don't think it's that simple, yeah. but anyway... <laughs> Solve this, solve this situation <laughs> right, right now, right. Corey. I've got my, I've got my checklist, one sentence solution for racism. It's right here, uh. <laughs> <laughs> guys. Uh, audience, just so you know, he yeah. showed me the sentence, and it's <laughs> mind blowing. It's, <laughs> it's done. It's fixed. Just look outside. Racism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, you know, you mentioned it. I think it's, it's a key point. I, I feel like. Um, you know, there's a push for diversity, which is great and very important. Yeah, but I do think um, that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I think the thing that sometimes has gotten lost in this whole debate is authenticity. That's mm-hmm. not to say, oh, like everybody who's not my ethnicity or your ethnicity should audition for your stuff and my stuff. Um, yeah. You know, as if they can do the accent right. Like there, there are sometimes some subtleties that you know our our life experiences would be able to inform. Yeah. But um I, I don't think we should like shun every person who who isn't exactly 
the the character's background because sometimes that can sort of stifle creativity. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it's uh, it's a, such a case by case, which is kind of impossible to enforce in casting. Yeah. So that does obviously present some huge challenges, but, um, you know, if you if you throw the idea of diversity out the window, like we've seen before, like obviously that's a huge problem. But if you're like, oh, I'm only doing, like we need an we need an Asian for this, and like just because, and then you choose an Asian who maybe doesn't know what they're talking about, but happens to be that that race then i think that's also a problem so but obviously if they do the read that's right they're probably right for the role right so it's mostly a non-factor in that case but it's it's something to think about you know yeah it's it's just worth considering you know more thought i think yeah and i think you know if there are any casting directors listening like the solution is is what we've talked about but like if we're up for anything then just hire us you know what I mean? <laughs> Done. So, yeah. That was the solution. Yeah. On the, that's what I wrote as the sentence. Just hire us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I, I, I just, I, I kid. But um, to switch it to an equally controversial topic, um, oh what is your audition strategy? Do you like, Ooh. first of all, from the technical side, do you, um, you know, mess around with plugins and that sort of thing? Um, mostly no. Unless if there's like a really annoying mouth sound that's kind of in between words that, you know, like just doesn't need to be there. Like that's the only thing I'll get rid of, really. Otherwise, I just record very raw and um, only do a little bit of mixing so it's a little bit more even. But I never use plugins and um, just just because, you know, most of these places who are going to hire you are using Source Connector or some kind of thing. And they're ta- they need to hear what you sound like directly without any finagling right so uh you know thankfully i've been able to go in the studio more but for auditions like yeah i I don't mess with it at all uh typically other than levels yeah and you you mentioned mouth clicks right yeah that's yeah (laughs) yeah i i that's the one thing i'm like they definitely don't want to hear that as forgiving as they might be and you know like you said they want the raw audio so they can mess around with it however they see fit but yeah um okay well what about in terms of like performance do you have a strategy and has that strategy changed like do you just press record and try to figure out the character as you're going or really like go through a backstory, multiple takes, you know? Yeah. So I'll, I'll usually try to read something uh, before I even get into the booth just so it can, you know, roll around in my mind a little bit before I get mm-hmm. in there and kind of, you know, I'll inevitably come up with a plan. Um, ben always talk, Ben Pronsky always talks about like, you know, reading through it first and then going back and, and looking at the, um, the description. And then like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, cool. Now I get this. Like, and I don't always do that, but sometimes I do that just because I, I like to just like, it's like, okay, I woke up. I see I have an audition. Uh, cool. I'm, I just want to read something right now because I want to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I'll just do that for the heck of it. But when I get into the booth, um, if I have a plan like that kind of came together, then I'll, I'll just record and go for it. And then I'll be like, okay, that's crap. So let me try that again. <laughs> uh, that's usually how it goes. Uh, no, I mean, sometimes, sometimes those first takes though are just are just better than the ones that are are overthought. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and but so it it kind of depends on the project because sometimes they lay out the backstory very clearly, so you don't have to imagine too much. And when they don't, then I do what you kind of said and come up with something. 
you know, Mm -hmm. I don't always dive super deep because, you know, there's a lot of reasons, but I try to when I, when I can, and as often as possible to just think of as many things as possible, like get a location, who am I talking to all, all the actor basics. And hopefully that comes out in the performance. Um, but sometimes too, like, cause that's, that's like what we've always been taught as actors. But sometimes I come from the, the director standpoint where it's like, I have a vision for what the scene looks like. So I'm just, I'm going to play to that idea. And maybe that's interesting enough. And the truth and authenticity is there that the other stuff just, it's there, but like, it's not super defined. And sometimes that works. I'm not going to advocate for that necessarily for everyone. But I feel like at least from some unique perspective of what I come from, that can be a fun way to look at it as well. Yeah. And um, you mentioned like uh, you don't always like dive really deep and spend a lot of time. And I know uh, a lot of like experienced actors, I feel like the more training and stuff they have, the quicker they can be with auditions because it's sort of like subconsciously they just understand how to approach it. Yeah. I, what I don't know if this has happened to you, but what's actually happened to me, there's there have been a decent amount of things that I've booked where I spent a really long time on the auditions because I wanted to really like find a truth in the character and, and figure out the layers within the character. And I think the fear with that that some actors have is, well, if you'd spend a lot of time on an audition then, you know, that means if you book the session, you're going to need a lot of time to figure it out then. But Hmm. for me, the ones that I've booked where I took a lot of time on the audition, like by the end of it, once I finish that audition, I'm, I know where that character is and the sessions go quickly and stuff. But yeah, have you found that to be the case with some of the things you book or like, have you found a commonality between the things you book? I think, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like if I'm going to take time I'll I'll do it before the session and right. then during the session you don't have to worry about it as much cuz it's already in there you know and it's it's more instinct rather than intellectual you know consideration um so I I appreciate that that you said that because that's awesome <laughs> cuz yeah homework is important you know like yeah. it is absolutely um but as far as the commonality between things that I book I mean I think that a lot of them really are the ones where Obviously, you know, it's kind of cliche, but just the ones that speak to you the most, obviously, are the ones that you're going to connect with, and they'll feel that connection. And by they, I mean, the casting. Um, Because, you know, when, when you find that truth in a performance, then hopefully they can either see that you are an authentic enough person to be someone in that, maybe not that one, but someone. Or maybe it's like, oh, that's, that's the guy, because we heard him be real. You know, and if I can just bring that, that's the most important part for me. Yeah. Um, I think there's been a couple things where, like, I booked because I was funny. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, you never know exactly why unless if you ask and you don't always have time. So, right, right. I don't know. I mean, if I if I knew 100 percent what the commonality was, then I'd probably book more. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, you've been booking a good amount. Uh, it's been and, OK. <laughs> yeah. And um Something you said sort of reminded me of this. I I don't know if you feel the same way, but it can be daunting if you think of the, like, logistically, all right, hundreds of people are auditioning for every single thing that I'm auditioning for. So it's there's like a whatever quarter of a percent chance mathematically that you'll book something. But like you just mentioned, I feel like I've gotten more comfortable with the process because you're not necessarily auditioning for that character. Even if you want to book that character, if casting hears that, oh, this person brought truth 
and that might not be right for for this character or maybe he's too tonally similar to this other person we've already yeah, cast they don't have but anything like, to do with you yeah exactly um but you're still you're auditioning sort of for the career rather than the gig yeah i mean i i i i genuinely try to do this i don't always practice it but if i can just have fun and be proud of the audition that i sent then that's when i feel you know like okay i i at least earned whatever i i earned out of that like for myself you know whether i book it or not that's not up to me they're going to make that decision and there might be someone who just kicked more butt and that's fine because there's a lot of great people in this industry mm -hmm. but you know as, as long as i can just at the end of the day be like i sent what i thought was like close to or the best that i could do then i'm happy with that like, yeah. try to be it doesn't always <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but if you can approach it that way it's definitely the more zen sort of like it's just better for the psyche yeah and it makes you feel better about auditions afterwards which yeah i feel like it's kind of rare for actors but Dude, you just um, gotta let it go because like yeah. <laughs> if you dwell on it after you've sent it in particular like if you haven't sent it yet sure dwell on it all you want because then you can change it but if you've right. already sent it you're, you're done man that's it yeah. it's in their hands <laughs> Yeah, every time I audition, as soon as I send the email, I always just scream out, No! Please! I could have changed it! Yeah, that's a healthy approach. Oh, wait! That was terrible! Yeah. Um, but, uh, well, on a similar topic, the things that you have booked, uh, again, it's hard to find like a commonality, but you mentioned earlier that um, you seem to be booking a lot of like really cinematic sort mm -hmm. of real grounded acting roles. Um, is there like a, a certain voice print or character type or just like genre type that you seem to be booking more of? Well, I, I don't, I don't know. Like there's been, there's been so many things that I unfortunately can't talk about, but like, you know, obviously the, you've heard my normal speaking voice for all this time pretty much, but you know, that, that beholder character is, is more just here and calm and talking about all sorts of crazy things um and that's that's always fun i like to do wacky voices i want to be more like like cocky cowboys and stuff like that's what i i just want to be mccree this is the bottom line. <laughs> i just want to be a mccree not not take mccree because matt merce is perfect obviously and flawless in every way but like i just want to be some kind of wacky cowboy or something um the husbandos yeah. is what what uh the genshin community thinks that i some of it anyway thinks that i should be and hopefully i'll be able to to be those at some point <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be cool yeah um uh, but i actually get auditioned for a lot of teens too so hmm. that's like totally a thing like because the dream role for me in any anything ever is spider-man <laughs> um, yeah. that's the that's the if i can check that off the list i can literally die the next day and just all right that's it life's <laughs> over cool do you mean I'm like good. be in in a spider-man project or literally be spider-man uh, a little bit of both. Uh, I've told people that I've had actual dreams where I've been Spider-Man and I've actually web swung in dreams. So that's <laughs> oh my god, that's thing. amazing. It's really cool when I get to do it because, like, because <laughs> you know, you always have the flight dreams and the super jump dreams, and then the web swing dreams are like the most fun. Yeah. Oh god, well, <laughs> can't no, wait to that's... sleep again. I know. Um, I'm so envious because yeah, <laughs> he's one of my favorite superheroes. But yeah. in these dreams, when you would web sling, would you be in New York? It's 
It's usually actually not New York. Uh, huh. It's been a couple times where, because I've never been to New York, obviously, so I've only seen it through media. And right. you know what it generally looks like, just big, tall buildings. Um, so I have been there. But sometimes it's like shorter, and I've, I've got to figure out, how do I web swing with these short buildings? So yeah. like, I'll do that and <laughs> grab it, and, and you know, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> I, that's what that's it. yeah spider-man wouldn't survive in in the suburbs because no, like, i mean if there's you like see two it, story buildings it's like, yeah. yeah you see it in mcu it's like okay i gotta take a bus yeah. I, I i gotta take a bus oh. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I would love to see that game and have yeah. it be like seven hours worth of gameplay eight <laughs> like six hours of it just like going around places <laughs> i don't even have a driver's license <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I just I I would I would love to to pl- be and play Spider Man in anything Marvel official. I don't care what it is. It could be a, an audiobook. It could be a feature. It could be a, a <laughs> video game. I I will take it. Literally yeah. anything. <laughs> well, hopefully, with all you know the multiverse, there will be a version of Spider Man that only you can play. Because yeah, that would I mean, be amazing. I, yeah, I make I make. I make jokes because I've cosplayed as Spider-Man and like it must be such a weird experience for me to take off the mask and there's some Asian guy underneath. I'm like, yeah, I'm Peter Park. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> well, you know what? That that version of Spider-Man does exist. It, yeah. If I usually be... do it with a more racist accent, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, I am definitely not going to do that. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is an important lesson all <laughs> listeners should <laughs> take into consideration. Um, well, let's see. So yeah. um, on a similar note, you mentioned Spider-Man, but are there any other characters or like arenas of voice acting that maybe you haven't done yet or done much of that you'd love to do? Well, I mean, definitely Spider-Man and I... I want to do more original animation. You know, I, I haven't quite cracked into that as much as I would like. And I think that's something that a lot of voice actors uh, come to. But, yeah. you know, that said, I if I just had to do video games for the rest of my life, I'd be totally happy because I love, I've been someone who's played video games since, you know, I was just a kid uh, playing mm-hmm. like... Uh, <laughs> wireframe green graphics of star wars games going down the death star trench on like (laughs) an old 486 computer nice um so like i i've loved video games since i was young and being a part of them has always been something that is that i'm very proud of in in whatever capacity you know Mm -hmm. Um, i play on pc though so any pc games are great yeah, uh, only the real ones do. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I hear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I don't want to preach too much on that. But I'll, I'll, I will. I'll be a douche. Right. Um, well, now that you've like been voicing more of the games that you've been playing, do you play those games differently? Like, I know you mentioned in some games your your NPCs. Like, I'd imagine like if you're an NPC that's just like selling milk or something, you probably ask them every single question. Like, dude, just a- <laughs> uh, if it, yeah, especially if they have voiceover, like that's great. There's this one character in Genshin who's this freaking. His name is Farah, and he's such a piece of crap, um, which I love. <laughs> he's not heroic at all. He complains about the fruit that's going to go bad if he can't make it through the canyon. He's like, oh, the fruit gets all sticky. It's gross. It's like, oh my god, you're such a pathetic loser. Please let me have more lines. Yeah. I love those characters. It's so, so much. Great. I love it. I love it to death. So I'm, I'm glad. 
I'm glad I've been able to get opportunities like that because like when I, when I got Genshin, like that was very early on in my career. And um, again, just doing NPCs, but Chris gave me a chance because of a reference from uh, Peter, who we know from uh, Peter Munters for, from yeah. the, uh, the uh, workshops. And he's just, he's a great dude uh, who was on recently. Yeah. Yeah. He was my last yeah. guest. And yeah. So, oh man, that's, I get to go right after Peter. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, that's yeah that's shout out to peter i mean he's amazing yeah, dude. He's, yeah. peter's amazing like and, <laughs> all the moments that we've ever had mostly include it's just like like hey peter like hey Corey. yeah that's that's <laughs> like those are the moments like you know just i'm in the thing he's he's uh messing with the mic making sure it's the right level for me it's like hey peter hey Corey. nice shirt <laughs> yeah hey, you too <laughs> That wraps up my chat with Corey Yee. If there's anything I learned, it's that we should all be so lucky to dream that we're Spider-Man. And voice acting stuff. We definitely learned about that. Like, tip number one, don't let the session be the first experience you have in that type of voice acting. If you're interested in anime or mocap or any other specific part of voiceover, get some training in that area before you audition for them so that once you book a session, you will know what to expect and blow everyone's socks off. Two, Look at your auditions from a director's perspective, especially for sides that are unclear about their setting. Being clear about how you envision the scene will be filmed will help you give a much more grounded, compelling performance. And three, have fun and be proud of the auditions you submit. If you're happy and feel you did your absolute best on your audition, you've done everything you can and it won't go unnoticed. And while you might not book the audition, your efforts may eventually be the reason you book something else down the road. And on that note, may all you voice actors keep acting up.